We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, I was still muted for some reason, but we're good. Hello, Lakers Nation. Sean Davis here for LakersNation.com. You're home for everything Lakers. I'm filling in for the GOAT Trevor Lane here tonight, but we're going to have a ton of fun talking some Lakers basketball on this very late August evening. And you know we're in the thick of August where you get a controversial, uh, I guess, post-game like game press conference, I guess, from a track star talking about the NBA Finals, and you're getting Ben Simmons shooting three-point highlights. You're in the thick of the offseason if you get those two things. Uh, John Davis from LakersNation.com once again. Thank you all so, so much from, for joining in from YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Welcome in. We're going to be taking your questions and comments throughout the evening and talk about some other Lakers basketball. But when Trevor's out, I, I this is not one just a job that one guy can, can fit. So I had to call in the big guns literally – Joining me tonight, my guy, Scorpio Sky, baby. Let's freaking go, man. Welcome back. Ah, it's good to be back, man. It takes a village. You know, uh, Trevor is, he's impossible to replace, but it takes a village. And so you got to call your village mates. Yeah. Um, yeah, so happy that's wrong, <laughs> bro. No, no, you're good. Wait, do you have like Twitter? I thought you deactivated your Twitter. Since my you have your gone, ad. bro. That's at, <laughs> at on Instagram and oh, uh, on threads. I'm not on I X. About threads. That's my ex. I don't mess with my exes. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I'm glad. Well, that's a good thing. But I'm excited to dive into some Lakers basketball with you all today. We also have a couple of announcements, one for playback tomorrow night and one regarding our fancy draft. So stick around for that. Um, first super chat of the night, Kevin Smith. Don't let me share it. Kevin Smith says, was great to see, to watch some Lakers basketball, just basketball again in general. Uh, Austin already looked like he's going to be huge for us next year or this year. Uh, appreciate the super chat. Yeah, uh, Sky, I don't know how much you caught from FIBA, but man, Austin Reeves has been phenomenal. I mean, what, what are your just thoughts if you have caught up on FIBA or if not, what are your thoughts about Austin heading into next season in general? Um, I've actually, I know this is more your thing, but I've been actually working on a playbook for the Lakers. I'm going to send it over. Um, I got my playbook right here. Um, this won't work for the podcast listeners, but just try to imagine my little book here and page one, uh, feed AR, you know, page two, <laughs> give the ball to Austin page three. Um, don't need all the donuts, uh, page four, uh, give Austin Reeves the ball. So, you know, you get what I'm saying, you know, where I'm at heading into next season. I'm more proud that you had uh, like a notebook and my light goes out uh, that you had a notebook sitting on hand, like right a composition notebook of all things yeah. sitting right next to you. That's how I know you've been in the film room. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm um, staying ready in August. There we go. You got yeah, to, he's again, to answer your actual question. I haven't seen every game, but he has looked really, really good. Um, and it's to be expected, man. Like th this is, this is who he is. Uh, you know, he's, He's very consistent no matter what the stakes, no matter what the game is, no matter what the situation is. He's just going to go out and be himself. 
Yeah. Um, I would argue that we need like 50 pages of that book saying just give Austin Reeves the ball. Uh, I don't know how many pages are in the notebook, but we'll, we'll, I'm sure it'll suffice. But give yeah, me time, man. Austin, we haven't even got to training camp yet. Give me time. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even gone to LeBron's mini camp yet, right. which I don't know if Austin's going to go to because there's not, I would imagine there's not going to be a ton of time between the end of FIBA. LeBron's mini camp and then training camp started. I don't know if Austin's going to go this year. There He'll we go. There. There's the light. He'll be there. Oh, man. There. But uh, Robert. Okay, we're talking about Drake. See, that's how you know when to think of the offseason. We're getting comments about Drake. I, I don't mind. It's probably because I said something about the ex. Uh, whenever, yeah. Whenever you bring up your ex, Drake just happens to be attached to it. Just the toxic energy. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um. <laughs> But let's start off with some of like the Lakers, some of our expectations for them, these Lakers. And I want to do a series on the channel over the next couple of weeks. I, we're kind of kickstarting it here tonight, uh, kind of diving into some of the Lakers players heading into next season. And we got four players tonight. We got LeBron, we got Jared Vanderbilt, Max Christie, and Jayla Hood Shafino. Scott, who would you like to start off with first? We can kind of talk about the player and kind of give like our expectations for them heading into next year. Man, let's go straight from the top. Let's start with LeBron, the GOAT, uh, you know, the King James. Uh, Are we old GOAT James, as uh, the great Shannon Sharp, Le Shannon Sharp uh, calls him. Let's start with him. Are we confirming right now at 1113 Eastern that Scorpio Sky's GOAT is LeBron? Is that confirmed? <sighs> I mean, I don't have, like, Twitter, so I'm probably not going to get all the smoke, but, like... <laughs> Listen, I, I will. I have always said this. This has been my opinion for. Uh, I, I guess I shouldn't say always, but for a number of years, um, it's very, very hard to catch Michael Jordan. LeBron has made the greatest case anyone can ever make, and if they played in the same era, you probably it's 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 a lot closer than people think because some people won't even put him in the conversation. But if they played in the same era and have done what they've done. Um, it's it's extremely hard. I mean, 20 years. We're heading into 21 years. And then if you want to specifically look at a certain player, I will say LeBron in his second Cleveland era is the best <laughs> basketball player I have ever seen in my life, counting Michael Jordan. 2018 LeBron might be the best player to ever exist. Ridiculous. That, just that entire playoff run was just insane. I'm in agreement, by the way, and I do have Twitter or X or whatever, so you all could definitely feel free to slander me. I, I thought I basically thought LeBron was the GOAT after the Lakers ch uh, championship. That's where I was yeah. like, yep, he's, he's the GOAT, but... Yeah. Uh, I ain't scared like, of these people. He's the GOAT. He's the GOAT. <laughs> he's the Come goat. for me. <laughs> there we go. Um, so I guess we get, there's a couple of different questions for LeBron. I guess number one, and I don't want to make this controversial, but I think it's important. Is LeBron still currently the best player on the team, or should we even expect that from LeBron next year? Because I think those could be two different answers. That's so tough. Um, because I I thought Anthony Davis was probably the best player on the team in the playoffs this past year because of what he was able to do on the defensive end, as well as what he uh, when when he was on on the offensive end. He was simply incredible. Like if we if we got to the finals, won a championship, I thought he was probably going to be the guy that would get the finals MVP. But when LeBron turns it on, you know, it's he's still that guy. There's nothing you can do. So it's a really, really tough, close argument. I know I'm kind of copying out of your answer, um, out of giving you an answer, I should say. But you know it. I honestly don't know. I mean, and and that's a good problem to have that you have two guys yeah. that are so freaking good that you don't even know who's better. I'm just glad to have both of them. Yeah, um, he's still a top I, five player, top probably arguably top five, top six in the league. I would say. Okay, I think he's like six, but I think it depends on how much you're scared by the injury, personally. And I think that's mm -hmm. why I do lean towards Brom being the better player because. I think, and I don't, again, I don't want to pit them against each other. I just trust LeBron to be more consistent. And that's really the only thing I think Braun, I'll give Braun over Anthony Davis is LeBron has like the higher floor, but that floor is still really damn high. <laughs> We're talking 25 points. What do you average in the playoffs? 25 points, like seven assists, 10 boards, something like that. 
And AD at his peak is a top three player on the planet. We got that game six Memphis, game five Memphis, a couple of games Golden State Series, game one against Denver. But it's just like those one or two games every so often, they're like, eh, yeah, like the best player on the planet wouldn't do that, for example. And that's mm-hmm. where I think the differentiator that's not a word. I don't know if you've been listening recently. <laughs> oh, I've been My... listening. I've been listening. What was it? Uh, car, car, car realtor. realtor. And uh, there was another one. Uh, shut the door shut. <laughs> shut the door shut. Like yeah. technically you do shut the door. And now what is this one again? The, the one you just hit? It's <laughs> like that's the Different Yeah. 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 It's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's yeah, really great. great. Yeah, oh, when man. it comes to um, LeBron, man, it's, it's, I feel a lot of times I like to just simplify things. And say, okay, you're heading into the playoffs. You get to pick your superstar. How many guys are you going to pick in front of LeBron James? Maybe one. Maybe. Jokic, maybe. I think I'd everybody tells me there's probably one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I would. And, and that's still maybe a hard Kawhi? That might get yeah, played if for that. Healthy, if everybody's healthy. healthy. But I mean, even living in a in a regular world, right? And if if the playoffs started now, how many are you picking before LeBron? Confidently one, and it's Jokic. That shows you right there where he's at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how much should we expect? Where do you want to see from LeBron next year? Because I've done, I talked about in the video and in a separate film breakdown on the LakersNation.com website about LeBron maybe transitioning more of an off-ball role, which I would be super stoked about. But, Sky, what do you want to see personally from LeBron next season? Is it a change of role? Is it him going back to point Braun and averaging a double-double and orchestrating the Lakers' offense? What do you want to see the Lakers – how do you, how do you want to see the Lakers utilize LeBron next year? In-game load management. <laughs> like, I just think we have so many tools now – that LeBron's not going to have to empty his tank early in the season. He can save it. Um, I think he's still going to go out and be phenomenal. He's going to—he's too good not to. Um, but at the same time, he's—he's he's a very intelligent player, and he knows what he needs to do and what he needs to kind of put in the back in his back pocket for a short period of time until he's ready to bring it out. And so I think that's what he's going to do. And and the team has equipped him with the players for him to be able to do that. So. I'd like to see him, you know, get some rest, start some uh, lower minutes early in the season as well, and just not like do what he's had to do over these last few years, which is just like will his team to victories. He can rely on Anthony Davis. He can rely on Austin Reeves. Um, You know, I think D'Angelo Russell is going to come through and have some good games. I think there's a lot of players. There are many players on this team you can look at their history and kind of project like we're probably going to get at least two or three really good Cam Reddish games where we're going to, where people are going to say, wow, you know, and Gabe Vincent and, and everyone's going to kind of chip in. And so LeBron's not going to have to be that guy night in and night out anymore until we get to the playoffs. Which is idea. I think it's going to be what the Clippers wanted to do, but it's going to actually work because what the Clippers I think did, they just say, you know, we don't care about regular season games. We're literally just going to try to get to the playoffs where, I think the Lakers are going to care about the regular season games. But like you said, instead of in the game, LeBron plays, he'll play 36, 38 minutes. No, LeBron's going to play 30 minutes next year or 28 minutes even sometimes. So I, I'm in full agreement with you there, Sky, that I almost called you Trevor. But um, that I don't it. want LeBron to play. <laughs> I don't want LeBron to play a ton of minutes next year um, to get him healthy for the playoffs and get him for the most important 16 games of the season and let him get ring number five in front of a freaking crowd this time. Jeez. Yeah. I'm ready for a, a parade, man. I just bought a place, you know, five minutes from crypto.com arena. So I'm ready to get there and post up and go to this parade. So let's get it done, baby. There we go. Um, before we move on to the next player, what is the biggest like individual variable that can swing LeBron's season either way, if that makes sense? There's not a ton of things, but I think there's maybe one or two things you can point out. I'm going to let you go first on this one. Oh, man. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the three-point shooting because as I talked about on the film breakdowns, on the channel, and on the website – 
I, I think Le, the notion that LeBron James is not an elite off-ball player is, like, stupid. Um, he's been one of the 10 or so better off-ball players in the, in the on the planet for the, about a decade now in terms of just their cutting and things like that. You can really ramp the magnitude of LeBron off-ball touches if he can be back to what he was 2020, 2021 season where it was, like, 37% on catch and shoot looks instead of it being 30%. And then 21, 22, it was crazy where he was legitimately a sniper from three, where it's like 50% on open catch and shoot three. So literally, if you left LeBron open, Russell Westbrook's first year here, uh, got a shiver there. Uh, he did not miss. And then this year, you could leave LeBron open and he would almost guarantee miss. So it was about 30% this year. So Getting back to that 37-ish percent clip on catch-and-shoot looks, which is where I really think LeBron is, is, I think, the biggest variable for LeBron's season. Regardless, though, you got to get a really good season on LeBron. That's really good. I, this is what I would honestly like to see is him getting back to that playmaker that was setting Anthony Davis up on the regular. Uh, I went back and I watched a lot of the film from – their first season together. And then when they got into their two man game, they were unstoppable. And with the team they have around them now, if you get that two man game going with Anthony Davis, where you have to guard LeBron and Anthony Davis coming at you. And then there's also shooters on the perimeter, like Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell and whoever else they're going to have out there. Hopefully I think it's going to be a very dangerous offense to guard. And so, you know, LeBron is, as we know, one of the greatest passers we've ever seen. And so, you know, he's always able to find that open man. But I feel last season, maybe even before that, we got a little bit away from him, like, going out of his way to set Anthony Davis up. And uh, I want to see him get back to doing that. Yeah, especially considering last season for the first half of the year, he was the only dude that could feed Anthony Davis the ball because – nobody else i don't get how five million dollar dudes can look off a 50 million dollar player that's seven foot at the basket that just that is very mind-boggling to me in in his defense russell westbrook did go out of his way and and anthony davis did look pretty damn good when he was on the floor with russell westbrook because westbrook was constantly feeding him they weren't always great passes but he was he did go out of his way to do that I, and and for the record you know just since we're on the topic i want to see austin reeves do that too because he's an incredible passer i think defenses are going to scheme for him this year they are going they to come after him and he it's going to be a lot it's going to be harder for him to get his shots off and so if he's got that big man that he can feed and dump off to and and set up it's going to make his life easier it's going to make anthony davis's life easier and it's going to make things a whole hell of a lot harder for opposing teams well i selfishly well unselfishly um first off the nba better like it it just makes sense like I, I hope the rest of the coaches in the nba aren't that goofy but you know selfishly i would love for the entire nba coaches to pull a taylor jenkins from that memphis series to just let austin reeves do whatever he wants and like completely forget the game plan for austin so that was really fun i hope the nba does that <laughs> next year uh Speaking of Austin Reeves, quick super chat from our guy, Mama Mentality. Austin Reeves is him, and Max Christie, he's the next one. Max is going to elevate his game this season. He's in the lab. Well, Mama Mentality, you, you must have saw the, uh, the the script or whatever, because Max Christie's one of the four players, unless I – did I reveal that at the start? Maybe I, I did. Ah, there we go. Uh, Austin, but, <laughs> you see that? You see that video um, of uh, – Let's talk about – Did you see that video of Anthony Edwards when they're like – walking back from the game and he just i think i don't know if he's quoting a fan or something it's hilarious he just oh, keeps saying, austin yeah. him. it's pretty funny austin, all right moving yeah. on sorry <laughs> austin recruiting is the best it sucks that anthony edwards just got paid well good for him but like sucks <laughs> that that money could be on the Lakers books. hey man request a trade. oh man right just we'll request, request a trade, trade in a year yeah that's yeah. all let lebron retire first and then request a trade don't want to make it look weird um max christie <laughs> My guy, what are the expectations for Max? And Mama Mentality confirms that he was quoting a fan. So that makes it even more funny. That's what but. I thought. I'm so excited for Max Christie, man. Uh, he's gonna get he's gonna get minutes this year. He's ready for them. Um, and 
you know, you called it before anybody, uh, you know, when, when he was first drafted, you sung his praises. Um, I, I, I think I remember asking some questions about him from you um, and, and, and looking him up myself and, and liked what I saw and liked even more of what I saw during the regular season last year. And they were limited minutes, but you see it, you see it. The size is there. The length is there. The shooting touch was beautiful. Even if the shots weren't falling, like you can see, okay, they're, they're going to fall. They're going to fall. And, and his defense, man, he, he's an intelligent defender. He's fast. He, he's really good at staying in front of his man. And he's one of the guys I'm most excited to see this season because I really truly believe he's going to have a breakout year and um, it, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. I, I can't wait for Max. Um, first off with Max Christie, I love that you brought up the shot because, you know, infamously, he really, really struggled in summer league last year. And everybody was like, oh, geez, this shot is broken. And we're just sitting here. I remember like verbatim and in Vegas watching. I'm like, the shot's fine. He just got to get reps because there is an adjustment going from college to the NBA, obviously, even with shooting and how to adjust your mechanics. And the shot was fine. I was always a believer in it. And he's a gym rat. He got locked in the gym over the summer. And when he played for the Lakers last year, and I want to say 49 games, about 12 minutes per game, he was a 40-plus percent three-point shooter. So that's super, super exciting to throw that guy into the Lakers' half-court offense. Um, he looks like he added on muscle this summer, too, which is a big part. And I feel like the Lakers, you know, development program for these younger guys, we saw with Austin heading into uh, last season where he noticeably kind of added some weight. Um, Rui, even this summer, Rui's a little bit different. Rui leaned up and maybe added some, some muscle. Um, but Max now he's Mikel Bridges in a way. I don't know. I, I hate pro comps cause I think they can get like too crazy, but he's kind of Mikel Bridges in a way where at least offensively where he can create for himself just enough. And it's super, super hard to bump him off a spot now. And that's the best compliment I could give him. And he has some connected playmaking upside as well. I don't want to ramble too much on Max, but I'm stoked to see Max next year. And it's going to be a great fit for Coach Am. Yes, agree, agree. I hope he brings that confidence that he had in Summer League into the regular season because he played with confidence, man, and I loved it. It was beautiful to see. When, when a guy gets out there and he's feeling it, it it's hard to stop. We can almost guarantee that Max is going to play at some point, right? It, it, for nothing more than the fact that they have to see who he is because he's in a contract here. I mean, based off the roster construction, he's going to play, you know, because he's basically set up to be that backup too. You know, I mean, obviously Gabe Vincent will probably get some of those minutes. They'll probably play a little bit of, you know, he'll play multi-positional, but like, if you look at their guard rotation or guard, you know, the guards they have, you know, there's there's Gabe Vincent, there's D'Angelo Russell, obviously there's JHS, but, you know, I don't know how many minutes he's going to really get early on, um, at least. And then at the two, you've got Austin Reeves and, and Max Christie. So I, I see him getting a good amount of minutes. Obviously, Reeves will probably eat up most of those. But, I, you know, he'll probably get up to that 15, maybe 20 minutes a night. And obviously injuries happen. Guys, guys miss time. Uh, he, he may, he could start some games, I think this year, very possibly based off of, you know, injuries. And I, I'm not worried about him not getting minutes this year. He's, he's, he's primed and ready. He's going to play. One of the takes I see a lot when people do talk about Max Christie minutes is that Cam Reddish might take them. And I just don't view Cam Reddish as a two. I think he's only played, I want to say 9% of his career minutes at the two where the bulk of his minutes were at the three and the four. Those numbers might be off. I have to go back check off camera, but I just don't view Gabe, uh, not Gabe, it's a Cam Reddish as a two personally. I think he's a three slash four. That still gives you some versatility. But, Sky, is this this comment, is this how you want to see Max Christie being used? Uh, Nell Bay comments, Max is going to be the primary defender on guys like Murray, those go-to scorers. And before you answer, Sky. I want to take you guys back to the Atlanta Hawks game. I want to say it was in LA because the Lakers were wearing the purple, uh, the purple statement jerseys. And 
part of my friends, Trevor, don't be mad at me. We're a PG program 90% of the time. But uh, Max Christie gave DeJounte Murray and Trey Young hell in the second half. <laughs> and uh, I, I definitely see where Nell's coming from here. And if that's your guy, you, this is a really good like backup plan to if Jared Vanderbilt doesn't continue to grow defensively. This is a really, really good backup plan. And you have a ton of versatility now. Yeah, I feel like, though, when you say primary defender, that means to me, like, he would probably start. And I don't see that That's a happening. Point. You know, so I think for guys like uh, when he said Murray, I'm assuming they mean uh, Jamal Murray. Uh, you know, maybe I guess it could DeJounte Murray could be the same, you know, it could be the same said. But um, I think it would probably be more like an Austin Reeves or Jared Vanderbilt taking those types of guys. Yeah. Of the starters, assuming Jared Vanderbilt right. starts. Yeah. Well, that, but well, yeah, I mean, when Max Vanderbilt is on the floor, the yeah, when Max is on the floor, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got the the defense. And he can guard any of those guys. So I think he can do a phenomenal job. Phenomenal job. So when he is on the floor, I, I think he should be on those guys. Yeah. Um, we're gonna end on. We're gonna end with this question for all four players. What's the biggest vari variable? Variable, jeez, Louise, v biggest variable for Max Christie to that could sway his season one way or the other. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f***ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dom Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. It's going to sound like an easy answer, but I mean, he was brought in to be a three and D guy. And I think as long as he's coming in and he's hitting his shots and he's playing defense, the way he plays defense, he will play minutes. He will be on the floor. If he's not hitting his shots, if he's missing assignments, which I don't, I want to make it very clear. I do not expect him to do. Uh, then he's not going to play. So if he goes out and he plays the role that he was brought in to play, and that you know that you can see that that's clearly what they are going to expect from him, um, I think that's he's going to be he's going to be just fine. That's that's going to be the biggest key for him. I think it's going to be like the play strength or like just the physicality of it for me personally. And again, it looks like he did add on a ton, or at least in terms of muscle in the summer league, to where you can't really bump him off his spots offensively and defensively. If you try to like bump him and get physical, he's going to stay right with you. Okay, cool. Now let's see it against, I don't know, the first name that pops in my head was Kawhi Leonard, who's just this ultra-physical big wing. 
because I'm personally pretty daggone confident that Max Christie's going to be a 38 plus percent three point shooter. So I guess this kind of ties into to your point as well um, about the three and D type player that you know the, the more common comp is Danny Green with some of the offensive upside we saw in summer league. I, that's I guess why I went Mikel Bridges, but um, yeah, that that's gonna be super super fun. I can't wait to see Max. Um, if, if as long as he gets paid this summer, he's definitely getting a jersey bought from me. Like that, that's on the way for sure. Gonna have to get that. Um, before we keep going, we do have two more players to dive into, but two quick announcements, folks. Uh, first off, tomorrow or uh, not today quite yet, but tomorrow. We are going to continue our Lakers Nation rewatch series live on Playback, playback.tv slash Lakers Nation. The first game we did was looking back at the 2010 game six between the Lakers and Suns where Kobe just went berserk in the fourth quarter. Well, tomorrow we're going to look back at a more recent game that you all know and love. And that's game four from uh, this year's playoffs in the first round against the Memphis Grizzlies where LeBron proves that he can go left-handed and just absolutely annihilates the Memphis Grizzlies when it matters most. Uh, so make sure you guys come join us. Myself, Trevor Lane, Ryan Ward, we'll all be there. We have a ton of fun re-watching what was a very, very, very stressful game. And honestly, Sky, I don't remember anything outside of the LeBron layup before overtime and the LeBron and one layup on Dylan Brooks. The rest of that game is a blur to me. So I really am excited to get back to that game. Um, and then second thing, Thursday night, we've been promoting this a ton uh, in recent podcasts about the Lakers Nation Fantasy Football Listener League. Well, if you guys want to see the team that I draft that ultimately is going to win the Fantasy Football Laker Nation Championship and World Championship, since that's now, you know, very, you know, polarizing now, polarizing term. Well, come watch us live. We'll be doing the live stream of the entire draft here on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel Come join us. It'll be myself, Trevor Lane, Ron Gutterman, Denver Ron. He'll be making an appearance. And then Matt the Optimist, Peralta. And we'll all be drafting. You guys get to help me decide uh, which jersey I'm, I'm going to be getting because I'm definitely winning. So, yeah, there we go. Screw you guys. I'm winning. <laughs> Love you guys. <laughs> Let's dive in to the next player. Uh, this first, we have one more super chat. Um, sorry, off topic. This is from I Could Be Surfing. Who do you like more, Mikel Bridges or Tyrese Halliburton? Hmm. I'll defer to you. As a Laker or in general? I think this might be different answers. Yeah, that's, oh. that, that, that's, damn. Um, that's, wow, that's really tough. I might lean Halliburton, possibly. I really, I really like his passing. Yeah, but Bridges is really fun to watch, and I mean that defense and and his ability to shoot. And yeah, that's a really tough one. What do you got? I think Halliburton because I think he's a top four passer on the planet, um, and he's also in his own right really really good shooter. Mikel is a weird player to watch. He was. He is still super fun because of what he does defensively, like you mentioned. I don't know. I haven't adjusted to seeing him as the number one option yet. That that still hasn't until he's uh, sunk in yet for me. Watching yeah, Mikel as the number one. It's weird. I mean, I think if we can trade for one of them, we'd probably go Halliburton, right? That's where I'm like, I don't know. It might be Mikel because like, if you could put Mikel's defense on this Lakers team, I don't know. And you already know he uh D'Lo go ahead D'Lo bye Austin played a <laughs> go one. back to Brooklyn yeah <laughs> go back to right go back to Brooklyn uh Hallie in the Lakers uniform too though yeah I either like way you're probably better. trading like D'Lo either way that you're good yeah whoever you whoever you trade for you're good <laughs> yeah so <laughs> all right anyways good question uh great question uh let's dive into the next player Jared Vanderbilt a very weirdly polarizing player amongst Lakers uh, social media. And I don't understand it. Like it's 
a group of the fan base that thinks he's a top five perimeter defender and he could do no wrong. And he definitely wasn't unplayable for 90% of that warrior series. And then there's the other part of Laker fan base that thinks he is just terrible and he's not good. He shouldn't play at all this season. Cam Reddish is going to steal all his minutes. So Sky, I'm going to turn <laughs> over to you, my man. What is, what are the expectations for, for Max Christie? I this mean, Sheesh. This is why I love Lakers fans, man. Passion. We are all passion. And if overreacting was a sport, Lakers fans would be the Los Angeles Lakers of that sport. So that's this is beautiful. I love that. Um, I did not know he was polarizing for one. Um, maybe it's because I'm not on X, but I mean, I like Mando, you know, I like him for what he is. Uh it's been talked about a lot on this show. I've been listening. If he can start hitting those corner threes, it's a completely different game for him. Like, things are going to open up so much more for him and for the team because I do like his defense. I do love the fact uh, that I love how gritty he is. I love the, the fact that he's an energy guy. I love the fact that he's like a big wing that can guard smaller guards and do a pretty dang good job at it. Um, and so – the only thing that's missing is that shot. And if he can hit that shot, I mean, the world is in his palm. I, I don't think great. that's a term. That's not a term. Did I did I pull a Sean Davis? The world in his, is in his palm? I thought you were doing a, hand is one. I thought you were doing a good tribute, but we we could also go with the uh Sean mess up angle. We could do that too. Either one it sounded good as it was coming out of my mouth. I should start thinking about what I say before I say it, but whatever. <laughs> All right, Vando, Sean Davis. Vando, <laughs> um, again, I like him for what he is. And there's been a lot of talks about Vando contract extension because I think the date is September 7th. And I don't know how you feel about this guy, but I personally think it makes the most sense for both sides to just wait till the end of the season to get something done. Because, I don't know, I think Vando, if Vando tried to cash in now, you could probably, I think his market value is 7 to $8 million, which is still a bunt load of money. Like, I don't want to, like, degrade the amount of money. But if you're Vando, at the same time, you bet on yourself and you improve in terms of screen navigation defensively, which is the biggest thing I need to improve upon. And you improve in terms of uh, either the catch-and-shoot three-point shooting, literally only from the corner, in finishing one of those two, we're talking like 12 to $15 million from Jared Vanderbilt. Like he's mm-hmm. not too far off from uh, Rui Hachimura money if he approves two out of those three things, specifically the screen navigation and the like shooting, for example, because you do those two things. We're talking about a top 10 perimeter defender on the planet. And we're talking about a guy that you can't ignore offensively, which is why at times he was unplayable. A large part of it as well is due to Darvin Ham and the staff. But I think it doesn't make sense for, for Bando to cash in now, in my opinion. Curious what you think. And then I don't think it makes a ton of sense for the Lakers either. Because what if you're paying a dude $8 million that, I don't know, who knows? Bando could actually have a down year. That is that is possible. So just to see a full year of consistency from Bando and make sure that you don't overpay him. And make sure you get as close to fair market value as possible. You reevaluate next summer. I don't know. I just think it makes the most sense for both sides, in my opinion. What What do you think about that, Sky? Okay, so I actually have a lot of points on that. I I think Vanderbilt might be worth that twelve to fifteen now. Oh, okay. Off the the league, and so if the Lakers say offered him eight million dollars, I, I if I'm Jared Vanderbilt, I think can I at least play my way into a full mid-level exception? I think I can do that. So why would I sign that contract? Um, But if the Lakers could offer him 15, it's like, all right, I'm making, what is he making, four or just under four four or just above four? I'm making $4 million, and no matter what, I'm making 15 next year. That feels pretty good to me. So, I mean, I would be interested in doing that. The other thing would be, I know you don't like doing comps, but I'm racking my brain trying to figure out who in the league would you compare Jared Vanderbilt to? And what is that guy's contract? Uh, okay, so you're looking at a good isolation defender, not the best screen navigator, 
But honestly, like the first name that for some reason popped into my head was like Matisse Thibel, but Matisse Thibel is better defensively. Mm-hmm. Smaller and even then, as well, though. and smaller. Matisse is at twelve million dollars, I think. I don't love I that comp, but right. he's at twelve. Hold on. I was just yeah, gonna look chat. that up as well. I think you're right. I think he's around Jade, twelve. I don't like the Jaden McDaniel ones at all. I I don't like that one. Jaden has legitimate offensive upside, while also being the better defender. <clears throat> being the better defender, he's also probably the best defender on the planet, best perimeter defender on the planet. Let me re reclassify there. Um, Matisse Thybul, AAV eleven million dollars. So yeah, it's actually okay. not bad. The Lakers offered him that right now. My initial reaction would be, and that's kind of an overpay, but it's not like I, I said, what eight to ten, and you give him eleven, so it's like okay, that's fine. So if if his AAV is eleven, and you take Vanderbilt, and, and he's not as good of a perimeter defender as Matisse, but he is bigger, and there is still that. Well, what if he adds a three point shot? Yeah. What if he can shoot thirty six percent in that corner, or thirty seven, or thirty eight, or something like that? Because yeah. if he can do that, fifteen million is probably a bargain for him. Not probably. I Eleven million dollars is definitely a bargain. So I get yeah. your point. Yeah. So that's why I say I think right now he's probably already in that twelve to fifteen range. So if I think if the Lakers can get him for that then you you probably should because the worst case scenario he's going to be the same guy he is right now which you know is pretty worth that contract and then the best case scenario man you get a guy that can do even better than that and shoot threes and uh, you know at least at a respectable rate on that contract one you've got a great player on a good contract and two that's a very tradable contract and a player that fits anywhere yeah I think that's a great point. And that's definitely the counter argument that you just brought up would be, well, okay, you just give him the money now. And if he outperforms, you look like a genius. So you're kind of in in a sense, betting on your player performing and your coaching staff developing them. Um, And if that's the dollar amount anyway, so maybe I'm underselling me. I don't know. But like if the number and like the internal conversations is $12 million then I'm with you, just offer it to him now because then because then, like, and my thing is you also, probably have to offer more though. Because if the number is twelve, then why wouldn't he just say, "Well, you know what? I'll wait until the off season because I know I can get at least twelve in the off season um, from you or from another team with a full med level." I mean, if you're if you're him, you're confident, right? Okay. So if he's if he's offered twelve now and he knows that twelve will be the mid level exception or maybe even more next season, I don't know what it is. Um, and then there's the upside of, oh, well, if I outperform, maybe I can get 18. Maybe I can get 20. You know what I'm saying? So that's why yeah. I think you offer him a little bit more than a mid-level because then it's like, okay, like that's more than if I, what if you know, if I stink up the joint, you know, and I can get over a mid-level exception, at least, at least, you know, I'm locked in for that. So that's yeah. why I think it wouldn't be bad. And, it, and really we're talking $3 million, which is yeah. not like it's if a guy's worth 12, He's worth 15. You know, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Well, Lakers Nation, comment down below. Where do you guys think Jared Vanderbilt's price range is? This is a really good point for the most part from a member in the chat that brings up and he says that, or they say rather, that uh, if it'll show up, there we go. Crusoe's the better defender, better shooter, and better finisher. Better playmaker as well, and he makes around nine million dollars a year. I think the situations are different, but I get where you're going for here because I think with Caruso, he's older. We know what we got in Caruso, which is a damn good player. And I'm not, I'm not saying that Caruso should be properly paid because, like all, all the points that Yogan says here, Caruso is definitely worth like that number we were throwing around with Jared Vanderbilt just now, as he's the best on ball perimeter defending guard in the NBA, probably the second best perimeter defender in general, besides Jaden McDaniels in my eyes. Um, but but I, I think teams will be willing to pay a little bit more in air quotes for uh for Vando because of that upside and like that what if if that makes sense. Like that ooh like guy said, ooh, what if, what if mm-hmm. health 
Jared Vanderbilt shoots 40% on quarters threes next season, and we get that plus top 20-ish perimeter defense, that's the best contract in the NBA. We'll be talking about that like the Austin Reeves deal. So that's a really good point that Sky made. I get what that comment's trying to make. I think it's two different situations, though. I understand what they're saying, but Alex Caruso is probably underpaid for one. $9 million. is If, if Matisse Thibel is getting eleven. And he's getting not like who do you who would you rather have Matisse Thibel or Alex Caruso? It's going to be Alex Caruso seven days a week, I would yeah. think, right? So if he's at least worth eleven, he's at least worth a mid level exception. Alex Caruso, I would say, right? Dante so Vincenzo that, went for the full mid level, exactly. So uh, that's why I think uh, you know he's probably just underpaid. So, but he's in that category, and that that is a good comp. I get it, but he's all you know he's twenty nine. And uh, Jared Vanderbilt is 24. So there, there's, and he's bigger, he's taller. And again, like you said, like, you know, we're both saying the what if. Yeah. What is, how do you want to ask the question? Because I think we're going to both agree. And if you say what I think you're going to say, I'll just pick something else. But what's the biggest variable that could sway Vanderbilt season one way or the other? Um, his, his, his walking in outfits, if those are on point, <laughs> he's going to see a lot of minutes and usually they're on point. If you follow, if you look in on the, on the gram, his, his, his walk-in fits are, are pretty, they're pretty hot. They're, they're, he's fire. He's, he knows what he's doing. I don't know if he has a stylist or he's doing it himself, but my man, you know, his threads is they're ill. I got to give him his credit. That's the variable for me. What about you? It's a screen navigation. And I think that's why, like, some people are saying I'm having crazy defensive takes because I, I don't think Bando is a top 10 perimeter defender yet. And it is because of the screen navigation. Like, you give me top, he's not a top 30, like, metrically. That's a grayed out well, not even top 30 uh, in terms of screen navigation. But Jared Bando becomes the top 25, top 30 ish screen navigator next year. The Lakers defense gets infinitely better, and I have no worries about a Denver matchup anymore because the concern with Vanderbilt is, or with any of these teams that have ball screen centric guards like a Jamal Murray, like a Steph Curry. I know people are going to, you know, just throw game one highlights at me from that Warrior series, but I implore you to watch the rest of the series. But Steph, uh, Jamal Murray, some of these other, you know, ball screen set, De'Aaron Fox. Uh, you don't really have a true guy for that, right? And again, mama mentality, I'm going to counteract this part, uh, this comment as well. Bruh, he locked up Luca, Ingram, and John. He's not top 10. Those aren't ball screen centric guys. And that's exactly my mm -hmm. point. Jared Vanderbilt's mm -hmm. a top 10 isolation defender. Like you throw him against a Luca, a Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Brandon Ingram. Job ja was more so just bad scheming by the Memphis Grizzlies. Like, you throw them against those guys, absolutely confident. You, like, if you told me right now, Lakers versus Mavericks, I say Lakers in five in a playoff series because I'm not worried about their offense at all. But you say Lakers versus, like I said, the, the Nuggets, the Kings, where it's a lot more ball screen heavy. I have more reservations about that. And Evando can be a top 25-ish screen navigator. He's a top 10 defender on the planet, and I have no concerns about any of the Western Conference teams. So. That's the biggest variable for Vanderbilt in terms of his contract. And dare I say, Sky, that might be the biggest variable for the entire Lakers season outside of health. That is a very fair point. And I cannot argue with that. Uh, he couldn't lock up Jamal and no one because that's why they won the chip last year. I, I think you're missing my point. And, and no, I'm not like forgetting how Luca frustrated, how he frustrated Luca. Like I said, Luca's the most isolation-centric guard in the NBA, not named James Harden. So, like, again, that's where Vando thrives at. So it doesn't really surprise me that he did what he was good at, I guess. Like, that's, duh, to a certain extent. <laughs> um, last last player, uh, breaking news, Vando's a top 25 defender. Yeah, he is. That, that's yeah, a, I, I wouldn't argue 25? against it. Yeah. No, you did not. I said he was top 25. I just said screen navigator. That's what I said. Top 25, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that is an extremely fair point of his screen navigation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's go Lake Show. Let's not see. This is what I was saying. Man, it was definitely way 
too polarizing for no reason. Um, <laughs> last player who's kind of interesting um, is Jalen Hood Shafino. Really quick, I do want to answer this super chat. Robert, Sean, do we give Stephen A. Smith trouble on ESPN? You expose him. I know. Like, uh, we, we, we know. We know that. <laughs> They couldn't pay me enough money to to embarrass him on TV. Okay, let me skip. Might need a guy, um, you know. Skip might Mark need a guy. Production for uh, what is that? Who Mark does, does production. Got more gunnels. No, I did not know that. I should call. Yeah, him Mark get now. you on. Get you on, man. <laughs> um, last guy, Jayla Huchifino. I don't know how many expectations you can really have, but. I guess we could kind of just talk about the player and what your thoughts were on for summer league. And if there's a pathway for him to play this year, another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I didn't see it every game. I tried to watch uh, as much summer league as I could, so I didn't. But I didn't get a chance to see a ton of it. Uh, I know he struggled early, and it seemed like he kind of started figuring things out. Hopefully, I'm correct on that. That that's the vibe I got based off of what I was watching. And um, yeah. it's tough because I don't know how much he's going to play this year unless something goes really wrong or really right. Maybe he's just lighting everyone up, but. Uh, I'm I'm going to be very patient with him, not only because of the the age, but because of the lack of minutes that he's probably going to see. So it's going to be fun, I think, to just watch him develop and see whatever minutes he does get, how he performs and what steps he takes in his first year. But I think he's a long term guy and he's we may not see what we're really looking for for two or three years. So it's going to be important to to not put too many expectations on him and which is great that we don't need to um and just let him kind of organically develop into who he's going to be yeah and i just implore people to not overreact if cam whitmore is an all rookie team player because the lakers had the reasons i can say that and it's the most i can say is they definitely have the reasons for why they did not take Cam Whitmore. And they're very similar to why the other, what, 15 teams after the Rockets at pick number four did not take Cam Whitmore. Um, and I'm, I'm, I think, higher on Cam, on uh, Jayla Chafino in terms of like, you know, Lakers, Twitter, like the fan base. Uh, he was 15th on my board this year. Um, and like Sky said, this is a long term play. They definitely like the future backcourt pairing of Jayla Huchifino and Austin Reeves. I do think that's in their long-term plan. Two guards that are roughly the same size between 6'4 and 6'6 on a good day that can pass, dribble, and yes, shoot. Um, because Jayla Huchifino, his problem was really on catch and shoot, where which is where you can kind of see why his free throw percent was so low. Because I think it's just a mechanics fix. And you have probably the best you know, development coach in the NBA, your coaching staff and Phil Handy. So for the next year, or as long as D'Angelo Russell, at least is here, lock Phil Handy and Jailhood Trevino in the gym and work on those mechanics because on pull-ups it's there. And it's no surprise why, because he is a talented mid-range shooter. So it's just extending the range. The range isn't a problem. It's really just the mechanics. Um, he has that, <clears throat> he has that NBA, uh, level like play strength where he can take the physicality. And the last point I'll make, Sky, before we can kind of get to any more of your thoughts and some of what the chat says, 
Um, the biggest like sign of progress for me was from JSS and JHS, Jay Hutchman on the Summer League, was how much better of a finisher he, he was in Summer League, comparatively speaking to what he was in uh, in college. And you can, you know, say it's a combined combination of a bunch of different things. The space in college, the condensed floor. He didn't have a ton of great weapons around him at, at Indiana. But he really embraced contact at the rim a lot better in Summer League. He's a talented finisher. And he th- that translates towards regular season NBA basketball. I, I, I'm a believer in the shots, guys. So I have... No real concerns about JHS. Just like you said, it's going to be a year or two, maybe even three, depending on how long Delos here. Yeah, and I agree with you. I'm also higher on him than I, I was on Cam Whitmore. Not a knock at Cam Whitmore at all, but um, I like I like JHS and I uh, was happy that we took him. Uh, I, obviously, it was very tempting with Cam Whitmore right there, but I was still very happy that they took JHS. And I think he has an incredibly high ceiling. Love the size, uh, love the physicality, um, and and he seems like a guy that you know works, you know, and and those yeah. guys get better. He's going to be a guy that's going to get in the gym. And he's going to work hard. I love the pull up, uh, and I think he's going to be a very good defensive player in the future. And you know, just let him sharpen his tools, man. You know, like you said, Phil Handy is going to get his hands on him, and I think we're going to see some really good things from him. But we, it just may take some time. So be patient, you know. When he does play, he might have some bad moments. Uh, just give it time. You know, he's a rookie and he's and he's young, and so it, it's just going to take. Sometimes it takes time for guys to develop. You know, it doesn't come overnight. So I'm I'm actually excited. I, I think it's going to be fun. I want to watch him over the next few years and see how he develops because that that's just in. It's a beautiful part of the game. Did I tell you uh, that I pissed off his uncle? I pissed off his uncle no. on Twitter. How'd you do that? <laughs> I forget what the tweet was. Maybe I'll find it and uh, oh, take a no. screenshot and send it to you. But it was, I think, essentially, I wasn't even criticizing him. That, it was one of those ones where, like, if you read the tweet, not trying to get, like, passive aggressive, but if you read the tweet, I'm not coming at JHS. I just say, like, eh, he's not the best at this particular thing, but he's great at the other seven things. And from my recollection, the uncle was like, Oh, you hate JHS because you said he wasn't great at this one thing and ignored the other seven. So that's awesome. Maybe oh, I'll uh, I'll find it and correct it. Y'all gotta make up. Yeah. Gotta make <laughs> up. Y'all gotta make up. Uh JHS uncle, if you're watching, uh, listening to this show, uh he didn't mean it, man. <laughs> I apologize. Get, go easy on my guy here. <laughs> I apologize. I think I did. I don't know if I actually apologized or he's like kept talking and i think it cleared up more it's probably the latter mm. uh a great point that robert brings up here scott i think you might have touched on as well is the fact that jhs's floor is just crazy high like his ceiling is fairly high like i like he was the 15th ranked prospect for a reason in my eyes but his floor is really really high where i think at worst you're getting a really damn good backup point guard like dennis schroeder-esque which might be actually a good comp if the shot doesn't come around. So, like, you're getting a good a good backup at the very least. So that's also super, super exciting, man. And the Lakers skying department, I, I trust them more than anybody in the NBA. 100%. That's, that's the thing, man. They rarely miss. So even if it wasn't the guy that we wanted, and I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying as an example, if that wasn't the guy that we wanted, sometimes you just got to say, step back and say, you know what? They, they don't miss. I'm going to just going to trust what they did and watch how it turns out. Yep. Uh, oh man. I, I think I gave the chat PTSD with that Dennis comparison. That is like worst case scenario. Oh man. I'm sorry, chat. I didn't, if he that. turns, if, if, if he, Turns into Dennis Schroeder. That's a good basketball player that's been in the league for a decade. What a decade! <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So like, I mean, that's a success. <laughs> like, you know, I, I'm I'm not mad at that. Yeah. You get uh, at his peak, a really really good six man. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, six man of the year. Yeah. All right. Last question, Sean. Favorite place to eat in LA? We were 
I'm not in LA, so the better question might be for you, but there was this like Mexican steakhouse. I forget the name. We went to it for my birthday while I was in LA in uh, about a month ago. I forget the name. Let me see if I can find mm. it in like an old man. Text. There's so many good places to eat, man. Boa Steakhouse in uh, in Santa Monica is is you know because you know I anybody who follows me on Instagram knows I love a good steak, and that's one of my favorite places. Um, I gotta get a Scorpio man. Sky cooked steak next time around. Oh yeah, I make steak. I make steak real good too. Pioneer Chicken is another spot, man. Pioneer Chicken. If you get if you next time you're out in LA, man. Get that pioneer chicken. I haven't had it in a while. I need to get over there, but that's a good spot. There's there's too many good places, and there's always stuff popping up. So it's it's hard to keep up, to be honest with you. In and out is of course elite. The fries are bad, but apparently I need to try the animal fries. So maybe that's what it is. Never had animal fry, fries, bro. You got you got to try. I like their fries in general, plain fries, but uh, the animal fries are different. You got to try that. Yeah. All right. Well. Folks, that's going to be all for tonight's show. Thank you all so, so much for tuning in to the show. No Trevor Lane, but myself and good friend Scorpio Sky were able to hold down the fourth sky. Good seeing you again. Thank you so, so much for hopping on, bro. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Make sure you guys smash that like button. And until next time, see you and stay safe.